your Bible, turn to me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, the end of uh, the chapter. <clears throat> Excuse me, we're continuing our series entitled Revival, walking through the book of Acts together. And uh, and uh, we're at the end of Acts chapter 2. We've walked through uh, uh, Acts chapter 1 and the beginning part of Acts chapter 2, whenever uh, Jesus, right, uh, man, he rose uh, from the grave, met uh, with uh, those that were following him, uh, and then ascended into heaven, but promised that he was going to send his spirit. Uh, and so sent the Holy Spirit, spirit came uh, and shook the house and shook the place. Man, Peter uh, he began uh, preaching about what the Spirit was about. We talked about that last week, right? Preached the gospel message. And uh, we saw, man, over 3,000 folks come to faith. And now, uh, in Acts 2, uh, verse 42 through 47, we see kind of the summary and essentially the beginning uh, of the first century church. We see the formation in the beginning of the first century church and, and how God, man, brought these people together. Right. And they learned how to man uh, to do church, to have a church. Uh, and and so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. I, I've entitled the message uh, simply this remnants of uh, revival, remnants of revival. Man, God showed up, man, he met uh, people where they were. Folks got saved and we see the remnants of his movement right at work in the life of. Uh, his people. I think of, uh, I've been going in my quiet time through uh, the book of Genesis, and one of my favorite uh, chapters has been Genesis 32, whenever Jacob, he wrestles with uh, uh, God, right? Uh, you know, many scholars think it, you know, an angel of the Lord, but wrestles with uh, uh, the Lord. Uh, and it talked about how he wrestled with God all night, and, and Jacob said, you know what? Hey, Lord, I'm not, hey, not going to let you go until you bless me, until you bless me. And it said afterwards... Right at the end, after the rest was done, and, and the angel promised that he was going, the uh, Lord was going to bless Jacob. Said that that angel man uh, poked Jacob's hip, popped his hip out of socket. Right? Hey, it was a remnant of man, his encounter with uh, the Lord of the universe. Man. In the same way here, hey, we see man remnants of whenever God showed up and shook the place up. And by the way, hey, whenever he shows up and shakes up our place, man, there ought to be remnants of what he's done in our life that are visible. And so remnants of revival, remnants of revival. Acts chapter two, starting verse 30, 30, or 42, rather. If you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. We're going to read uh, through the end of the chapter, verse 47. If you don't have a copy of God's word with you, it's all good. The verses will be on the screen. You can follow along there. But this is what the word of the Lord uh, says says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved hallelujah remnants of revival verse 42 is the summary of uh, what took place in verses 43 through 47 goes into detail about man the uh, remnants of uh, 
revival in the life of the first century church. And so with that being said, why don't we pray together and jump uh, right into the word uh, together. Lord God, we uh, love you. We thank you for uh, and such a sweet spirit in the house today, Lord, and how you're moving and working, Lord. The word says whenever we, we lift you up, Lord, whenever we exalt you, you'll draw people to yourself. And, and so, Lord, we ask that you continue to do that this morning, Lord. I, I pray that, man, we we just... We'd make this about you, Lord. God, I pray that, man, our church would just be about you, knowing you and making you known. God, I pray our personal life, Lord, just be about knowing you and making you known, Lord, in the spaces and areas that we're at. God, I pray as we look into your word today, Lord, I ask and pray that you would speak to us, Lord. God, I pray that we'd be folks that have a longing and and a desire Lord, to have you come and invade our life, Lord. God, I pray that as your people, we wouldn't be content with, God, just apathetic faith, Lord. We wouldn't be content with just going through the motions, Lord. But I pray that you would revive our hearts again, God. Give us a fervor and a hunger for you and your word, Lord. To be able to continue to live for you in the everyday, Lord, in the mundane. I continue to worship you, Lord, in the fire. Pray that we'd learn from these uh, first century Christians, Lord, about uh, how to do church together. And so have your way now. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. As I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, right, the book of Acts is really a a book about revival, man. The spirit of God shows up and shakes things up, shakes people up, man. And and he works and moves. Right. And and we see change take place in the lives of people. Man, the whole book is about that. And and really, this passage here in Acts chapter two is about that. A lot of uh, uh, churches and even myself, I've preached in the past that, hey, man, these are some, uh, you know, some elements that we need to add into our life. Right. uh, About how the church ought to look. And, And in some cases, that is true. But the reality is none of these realities that we're getting ready to look at in Acts two will exist in our life or in the life of the church, man, if the Spirit of God doesn't show up. He, he's got to show up. He's got to work. He's got to move. And when he does, right, we'll see some of these remnants take place. See some of these remnants take place. And that's what we see here in, man, the end of Acts chapter 2. We see five remnants of revival, man. Uh, once revival took place, God shook the house. Lives were different, and we see five remnants of that revival. And I'll walk through them fairly quickly uh, this morning. The first remnant that we see here, right, is this. We see, man, a people uh, of God, man, with a holy uh, devotion. It says in verse 42 in the summary, right, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to uh, prayers. Hey, this wasn't just a, a group of people that had a lackluster uh, faith. This wasn't just a group of people, man, that had a, a lackluster heart for God. Just said, oh, man, hey, I, oh, I've got to go to church, man. I, hey, I, oh, I've got to get into the word, man. Oh, I, I've, I've got to pray. No, these folks were devoted, i.e. sold out, all in for this stuff, man, because, man, God showed up and showed out, man. They had a holy devotion to the things of the Lord, man. They were hungry for him and to spend time with him, to walk with him. 
And man, as we walk with the Lord, man, and ask for him to meet with us, man, may we possess the same thing. We see they have a holy devotion right to uh, the word is what it says here. They devoted themselves uh, to the apostles teaching. Right. Uh, uh, those new believers, man, out of that three thousand that got saved, man, hey, they were new to faith. They, they, they were trying to navigate through something. They knew, you know, about the Old Testament, but they had kind of a, you know, confused view in some cases of of what the truth was about. And so, man, they devoted themselves to listen to uh, the apostles teaching, man, and to listen to them present. Uh, the word, which, by the way, I'll throw this in free of charge. You'll see later on in Acts, right, uh, that uh, the church in, in, in one of these areas, uh, Acts chapter 17, whenever, man, they go and listen to the word, right, of uh, whoever was preaching or teaching, it says that, man, they go back and examine to make sure, man, that what was being said was true. In the same way, we ought to as well. Hey, I'm going to preach the word now, man. I, I'm held accountable before God. But, hey, bless God, you ought to go and, hey, study the word for yourself. Study the word for yourself and know uh, the truth of uh, the Lord, man, and, and spend time with uh, him like the uh, new disciples were, man. They were devoted to the word. They read, studied and took in God's word in the same way. We must choose to be devoted to the word as well, man. What, hey, what, what does your time with the Lord look like, man? I've been so convicted about this. Hey, brother Jacob, like I, I'm a preacher, man. I know the word, study the word, go to school for it. Currently, you know, uh, you know, in the doctoral program, man, know the word in and out. If I'm not careful, I could use that as an excuse to say, hey, you know what, man? I, man, I know I got to get my quota in, man. So, uh, you know, let me let me listen to a couple of verses here. or Hey, you know, look at the Bible verse of the day, you know, which is great and good. Hey, you know, you know, intake. Sometimes you're in seasons of life where, man, that's all you can do, man. But for me. Right. It's more so, man, an excuse man, to be a little lazy instead of man devoting myself, man, to want to be in the word, to spend time with the Lord. Man, what does your devotion to the word look like? Man, we must we, we got to know the word, man, because, hey, in the word possesses, man, the God that we follow and worship. Right. He doesn't just he doesn't just dwell there. But but the truth of who he is, man, and what he's done for our life, man, it, it's it's found in the word. So we ought to have a devotion to. Uh, his word, Colossians 3.16 says it like this. Uh, Paul says it like this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Hey, teaching and admonishing one another uh, in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to uh, God. There's a lot that's there, man. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly for your own personal gain, but also for the sake of others. Hey, some of us, man, God has brought people in our life that we need to minister and serve. But, man, hey, we're not doing it effectively because we, we just don't know the word. Well, Giving them more opinions than we are the word. Listen, man, we ought to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly man, so we can obviously grow personally, but also, man, grow in service and shepherding to other people, man. These new believers were devoted to uh, the word, but also, man, we see that they were devoted to prayer. So they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and the prayers. Uh, prayers. We'll talk about fellowship in a minute. Breaking of bread. A lot of scholars speak to uh, that being the Lord's Supper, right? They observe the Lord's Supper together. It could also mean just fellowship meals, right? Them breaking bread together. But also says that they were devoted to uh, prayer. Devoted to prayer. I remember seeing this uh, uh, be a reality. On one of the mission trips that I got to go to, international mission trips, I uh, got to go to uh, India, rural India. I remember getting asked to go uh, when I was in seminary, 2017, and we're in this rural place. I'm talking, I mean, it took forever, you know, to get there. Had like a 12-hour flight, 
And listen, there, hey, there's only so many, you know, first of all, there's only so many good movies on planes, period. But there's only so many good movies you can watch so many different times, you know, and they had a you know smaller selection. So I watched, I think, the Bourne trilogy like three times in that 12 hour period. But long trip, we get there, we're staying in an orphanage there and we hosted a pastor's uh, conference deal where we just equipped and encouraged pastors that were there. And man, just a, an honor. It was an honor to be there, man. But uh, part of the time, man, we just we just had a time of worship and prayer. And, man, these guys that came, several of them, hours away, man, several of them, hey, they just gotten beaten in the place that they were they were at, came to get encouraged, and they were going to go back to the place that they were getting going to get beat for them standing for Christ. And, man, hey, they were there, and, and they didn't care who was around. Hey, they, they didn't care what we thought they didn't care that there was a language barrier between us man hey they they just loved the lord and they devoted themselves to praying that god would man shake up man their church and their ministry man they were devoted to prayer man they were all in for prayer hey it, it wasn't just a simple prayer man over their food although that's great again hear me that's that's you know it wasn't just a simple prayer over their food or or it wasn't just one of those drive by prayers hey god may hey, bless me today be by me no no they they were sold out, man, and saying, God, hey, nothing is going to happen in my life. Nothing's going to happen in the life of our church uh, uh, unless you show up. And so, God, we need you. Man, they were devoted to praying in the same way, man. We ought to have that same kind of heart, man, in our prayer life. Hey, what, what does your prayer life look like? Martin Luther said it like this. Hey, you, you know, a lot of folks say that uh, you're too busy to pray. Martin Luther said, man, hey, I've, I've, I've got so much going on, man. I can't help but to wake up early and pray. Because I need them. And in the same way, hey, we ought to be devoted to prayer, man. That looks like making prayer a priority. Listen, you're not going to grow in your walk with the Lord, man, if you don't spend time in prayer. Hey, God isn't going to do a work in the life of your kids and those in your family, man, if you don't devote your time to pray over them. God's not going to do a work here in the life of the church, man, if we don't devote ourselves to prayer. And so the call for us, man, is to be like these new disciples and Pray. James 5.16 says it like this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective, man. We need to pray. We need to pray, man. And that's when God's going to work. Prayer is the word. Man, we see a holy devotion. Let me let me get to moving. I said, man, I was going to move through these fairly quickly. Like I got worked up that first point. My bad. Let's move to the next one. Second point, right? What we see here, man, a second remnant of revival is this, man. We see uh, heavenly power displayed. See heavenly power displayed. Look back at the text, verse 43, look what it says. It says, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, man. All came upon every soul, man. Many wonders and signs were being done, man. This God's power was at display, on display, man. God was at work. Uh, in this place, it wasn't just, hey, uh, you know, uh, 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 just another gathering, man, where, hey, we talk about a couple of things. Hey, you know, hey, we break a little bread, eat a little chicken, chill, and then go on about our life. No, no, God, God was doing something in the life of these people. Man, he was working, man, and we see his heavenly power displayed, man. Second remnant of revival is that God's power is on display. He was on the move, and he still is on the move. Um, and we see him at work, man, that heavenly power displayed. It speaks to wonders and signs being uh, done, man. Uh, what that looks like, man, God was radically at work 
in the life of the apostles, man. Folks were getting saved. Hey, folks were getting healed. Hey, folks were growing in their faith radically. Hey, hey, folks, here it is. Hey, folks, man, that were horrible husbands, man, were getting right with God. And now, man, we're, we're loving their home, man, and loving their family. Hey, relationships that were broken up, man, hey, God was bringing them back together. Wonders and signs being done, man. Hey, God was at work. His power was on display. Power was on display. But also what we see here in terms of heavenly power displayed was that, man, you see a whole bunch of folks who were some willing vessels. Some willing vessels, man. We, hey, we, we see these apostles that said, hey, hey, Lord, man, we saw, we saw something crazy just how we saw whenever your spirit came, shook up the place. And so, God, hey, we're sold out. Hey, use us however you want to. It said wonders, works and signs were being done through the life of the apostles, man. These people, man, they said, hey, God, use us however you want to be, however you want us to be used. Hey, can, can I just keep it up a hundred uh, today? You know, um, I believe, in, and like I said, I've, I've become victim of this myself, man. I believe a lot of us, hey, God hadn't done a work in our life or hadn't used us to work in the lives of others in a while because we're just not willing. We're, 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 not, we're not willing to allow for God to use us. Like we've talked about before, man, God is, is in our proverbial box, if you will. And, and so whenever... He does come and nudge you. Hey, hey, go, go and share the gospel with that friend of yours. Say, oh, oh, hey, God, man, remember, hey, that that's supposed to be that person's job, man. Remember, hey, I'm I'm here to, you know, just do this certain thing here, you know. Remember, hey, God, remember, hey, you, you can't use me to do that. I'm not supposed to do that. We're not not willing, man. Not willing. Everyone. Allow for the Lord to use us, man. We've got to be folks that are willing vessels. <clears throat> hey, say, God, hey, and, you know, first off, not my will, but yours be done. That ought to be our prayer every single day, man. Hey, God, you take over. But but also just say, hey, God, hey, take my life and let it be. And allow for him to use you wherever you're at. Don't sell God short, man. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ask or think. And you may think, oh, man, Irv is getting, getting, you know, uh, a little wild, man, getting a little too charismatic for me. Hey, no, I'm just talking about in the everyday, man. Hey, God, God, God can use you, man, to share the gospel with that neighbor. And, and, and God desires, man, for that neighbor to come to faith. Obviously, it's their choice, man. It's their decision. They got you. But it starts with you sharing. Man, how can they respond if there's no preacher? Romans 10 says. And so we ought to be like these apostles, man, willing vessels, available and ready to be used for his service. We see heavenly power display here, but let's keep going, right? Man, the third remnant of revival that we see here is this, man. We see lives that are lived open-handed. Lives that are lived open-handed. Verse 45 says it this way, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Man, these were new believers, man. They, those that had much, man, sold what they had for the benefit of those that didn't have much that were around them. 
Some folks read this and, and you know, they, they use it as a, a, a proof for uh, communism and its uh, effectiveness. That's not what's going on here. It's not communism. It's radical generosity. That's what's happening. These folks, man, met with the Lord and, and their lives were changed and, and they, they couldn't help but to live their life open-handed. And the call for us is to do the same. The word says they had all things in common, shared and served as any had need, man. They were generous folks. Here's what happened. Their life was not about themselves anymore, but about others and the mission to spread the gospel. And they gave and they gave. And the call for us, man, hey, whenever, man, we encounter the Lord, man, is to choose to live life open handed as well. We've met those people, man, that are generous. And obviously I get it. I, I know, man, we're, we're all folks here in, in uh, differing uh, seasons of life, man. Some, you know, have more uh, than others uh, in this season. The, the principle's still the same, though, man. Hey, hey choose to be generous. It, you may not be able to be generous financially in a season, but hey, choose to be generous with your time. Choose to be generous with your resources. Hey, choose to be generous with the gifts that you have, that the Lord's given you. Spiritual gifts or gifts that, yeah. Choose to be generous. Choose to live life open-handed. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 through 8, speaks to it like this, right in the context. It's speaking to uh, giving and us uh, being uh, givers. But it says this, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Man. Living life open handed. Here's another one. James chapter two, verse 14 through seven. This one hits hard, man. Hey, this whole faith, faith versus works. Right. Uh, look what he says. He says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but doesn't have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says, hey, hey, go in peace, man. Hey, be warmed and filled. Hey, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. What am I trying to say? Hey, man, because we've been radically changed by the gospel, man. And we ought to be folks that choose to live life open-handed. What does that look like in your life? Man, are, are you a hoarder of what you've got? Hoarder of the gifts that God's given you? Finances that he's given you? Hey, man, choose to live life open-handed. Because remember, hey, it's not yours to begin with. We talk about that all the time. It all belongs to him. So the call for us is to live open-handed. These new Christians, man, they, they were about that. They live life open-handed. Generous gifts. Fourthly, we see the fourth remnant of revival, right? We see it in verse 42, but also in verse 46. We see honest fellowship. We see honest fellowship, verse 46. And day by day, it says that attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Man, we see that these new... Uh, disciples, man, these new followers of Jesus, they had an authentic love and care for one another. Man, they, hey, they were, they were together. Man. They cared for one another. Man, they valued each other. They were open with one another and challenged and encouraged one another. Man, this 
relationship, the relationships that they had, it, it went beyond just hanging out, man. They went from hanging out, but, but checking in and doing life together. It went beyond just simply being associated with one another and went to investing in each other. Man, it was real. It was honest. It was honest. And, and the call, man, for us, man, God showing up in our life and working in our life, man, is to possess that same honest type fellowship. And this fellowship, by the way, man, it was radical to that time. Like we talked about last week, man, we, we've got folks from all over, right, that came to this place, man, for this uh, festival. God shows up, they hear the gospel, they get saved, and now they're walking together. Different ethnic backgrounds, different languages walking together, fellowshipping together, loving each other. There were more than just, man, people that were just in a sea of faces, man, that they'd wave and say hi to, and then that was it. No, no, they they were... Connected close together. I remember the last time I preached uh, this message. Matter of fact, it might have been right at a year ago. Showed a, a clip, man, of honestly one of the best, you know, sp- uh, uh, sports movie moments at least of all time. Uh, remember the Titans. If you've seen the movie before, you remember, right, uh, this um, formerly segregated school, one of the first uh, schools that were in, uh, integrated in uh, 1970. Man, these players coming together, right, white and black, hated each other, man, getting into a fight. During one practice, right, uh, uh, Julius Campbell, African-American uh, football player, man, makes a tackle. And Gary Bertier, the white linebacker, man, the captain of the team, man, he gets up and celebrates with him. Same dude, man, that they, they fist fought not too long ago. Uh, celebrates with him. And they begin to celebrate together, and hey, that brings the team together, man. Broke, hey, broke the line. Man, hey, what a picture. What a picture in the same way, hey, hey, the gospel, man, has broke the dividing lines of hostility, Ephesians 2 tells us, 2.13. And so, man, because we know the gospel, hey, man, those of us who have a little lighter pigment and those of us who have a little darker pigment, hey, we can, hey, we can still walk together. All under the banner of Christ, man. Hey, radical unity. Radical unity in diversity. And we see that take place here, man. Honest fellowship. But they weren't just cool. They weren't, you know, they, they weren't just homies, man. They, hey, they were together. They were together. And so you may say, Pastor, what does that look like, man? We, we've got a lot, you know, a lot of folks here. I can't say hi and what's up to everybody. What that looks like, practically speaking, is, you know, hey, you can say hi to somebody new that you may not know. You, you can do that. But also, man, you can get plugged into one of our family groups here. We've got what are known as family groups where uh, faith becomes your family, where you get into smaller groups where you connect and do life with people. We've got several groups that meet during the week. Pastor Greg will talk about that at the end of the service. But you can get connected in one of those groups and find community, find family and, and, and walk out, walk in some of these things, grow together in the Lord. Fellowship together. Here it is. And now I'll move on to the last point. Here it is. Hey, th- these new Christians, man, they understood early on man, that they couldn't do this Christian life by themselves. Even though even though their relationship with Jesus was personal, they understood that it wasn't private. They understood that. And the reality is, hey, what was coming ahead of them, right, this intense persecution, hey, I believe, man, they were able to continue to stand and walk with the Lord, right, obviously because of God, number one, but because they had one another. And so in the same way, hey, man, if we want to shine as bright lights in a crooked and perverse world, as Philippians 2 says, man, hey, we need each other. Need each other. And so we ought to choose to fellowship, man, have honest fellowship. 
Hey, that honest fellowship consisted of them worshiping together, man. Hey, they came together and worshiped. Worship. Man, church was important. Worshiping with the saints was important. Man, they understood that there's nothing that compared to them being in the room with other believers singing, man, and praising God. Nothing that compares to that. I know COVID, man, hey, we, you know, hang out in the house. We've got the online option. But, man, that doesn't compare being in, in the house. And so, man, they worshiped together. But also, man, this honest fellowship consisted of them walking through life together, man. They were sold out to walking through life together, man, in community, as I said, where, man, they encouraged one another, cared for one another, shepherded one another. Spent time, man, uh, observing the Lord's Supper together, reflecting on the sacrifice of Jesus. Man, they did life together. Man, may it not be to us that we think that we can live this Christian life by ourselves. You may say, Pastor Irv, I'm an introvert. Oh, that's, hey, I, I get it. You still need, man, other believers to help you walk alongside. And so the call for us, man, is to have this honest fellowship like they did. And they were able to have it, man, because the Spirit was at work there. And then fifthly and lastly, and I'm done. The fifth remnant of revival that we see, it's right there in verse 47, man. We see that, man, these new believers, man, they were folks that were uh, humble witnesses for uh, the Lord. Verse 47 says, man, they were praising God. Hallelujah. They were praising God and having favor with all the people, man. With all the people around. And the Lord gave them divine favor and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Man, folks were getting saved left and right. How were they getting saved? Hey, these new Christians, man, they couldn't help but to tell the gospel. Hey, yes, they were new, man. They didn't know a ton. You know, they didn't have the whole Pentateuch memorized, but bless God, hey, they knew one thing. Jesus was alive and well. Died for their sins. And so they went and shared that. And they saw folks come to know Jesus, day by day, man, folks were coming to know uh, him, coming to know him, man, because these people were humble witnesses, man, humble witnesses. They wanted to know, they wanted others to know about Jesus, man, and the fact that this Jesus can save them as well, man. They wanted to know that Jesus, hey, he, he didn't just die, man, for those 3,000 there, man, he, he died so that all, man, could have the opportunity to come to know him. Do we have that same heart, man? Man, do we have that same heart and desire, man, to, to want to see, man, folks come to know him? Want to see your family come to know him? Friends that you're around? If so, we ought to choose to be a humble witness for him. Second Corinthians 5.20 says it like this. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God, man. We are ambassadors for him. And these new Christians, man, they understood that. Understood that, and they lived accordingly. And God was honoring it, man, seeing folks come to know him day by day. Day by day, folks come to know him. As I close... um, Fairly recently, you know, I've talked about it before. Love, uh, uh, love all things sports, man. I'm, I'm really a sports nerd, sports junkie, however you want to call it. You can classify me however you want. You know, some of you are probably already tuning me out because it's the, you know, another sports illustration. But that's neither here nor there. Keep rolling. But uh, fairly recently, was playing ball at a local gym here, and there was a kid that was there that I had seen, you know, some before. Um, pretty good athlete, pretty, pretty good player. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I end up getting on and, you know, I have the task of guarding this guy. And so, Brother Ross, I'm already thinking, man, this isn't going to be a good day. I'm the, I'm the old head there, and they put me in, you know, with this guy. And, uh, and there was a fast break, you know, and, and he's going up. And I'm thinking, man, I could make a defensive play. I could probably strip the ball, man, before he, he goes up to lay it up. Well, he takes off, Brother Dwayne. Hey, and kind of like an elevator, he keeps going up. He keeps going up, but I, hey, and, and I'm there, and it's one of those moments where I'm, I'm, I'm right there. You know, I was getting ready to be put on a poster, right? And thankfully, and I think it was the Lord, man, he just slowly guided me away, you know. He's like, hey, Pastor Irv, man, we, we don't need you to, you to have this reputation of being the old guy that got dunked on at the gym. So, man, let me move you out the way. And the dude ended up dunking it. And I remember thinking that moment, I'm thinking, well... I'm never going to try and contest that guy anymore. I learned my lesson. Hey, things were different after that. And hey, you want to know what happened the remainder of the time? It's a couple things. Brother RJ, I hung out at the three-point line. <laughs> on offense, I wasn't driving in because I wasn't blocked myself. And on defense, I was, I was kind of loafing in the back. Like, hey, y'all, hey, y'all guys got it. You know, or, you know, I'd say, hey, hey, why don't you switch on to here, man? You know, I, I let go of my pride. Hey, I, I you say, you got it. I'm not going to be able to get you. That was the remainder of the game. And I played with them a couple of times. And, hey, I learned the same thing. I'm not guarding that guy. I'm not guarding that guy. You may say, Pastor Irv, man, what's the point? Hey, hey, whenever, man, I went through that experience, man, hey, I learned that there were some longing effects as a result of that. And in the same way, hey, we, we see that here in Acts 2, man, these people. Who got saved, man. It's people, man, who filled with the Holy Spirit. Their life was never the same. Never the same. And in the same way, hey, whenever we came to Christ, the Bible says, man, we possess this Holy Spirit. Third person tree, man, dwells in our hearts, man. And so, man, our, our life ought not be the same either. Our life ought not be the same either. As we walk with him, spend time with him, as he, as he works in our life, man. Some of these remnants that we see here ought to be exhibited in our lives. And so my encouragement to you, man, is, hey, number one, ask for the Lord to shake you up, like we've talked about here. And two, man, ask for you to exhibit, man, some of these characteristics, some of these remnants of revival that we see here.